three on this Facebook Live. Two, one. Yes, it is. Nice. What else would it? What else would I do? <laughs> I have no idea. You just start getting out the headphones and yeah, this I is. I put them on. This is the easiest way to do it. Hey, welcome to the first ever time you have seen us sit down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Actually, you know what? While we're on the topic, I've um, I've noticed recently that depending on what kind of work I'm doing, I some work I do better sitting and some work I do better standing. And I, I don't know what that has to do with like what's happening in my brain cognitively or huh. what but you mean you're more productive sometimes so at, yeah so so really it's i've noticed that i'm more productive doing certain tasks when i'm like sitting down primarily i think what it is is like uh it's it's stuff that i just need to like um i don't know I don't know if it's more creative stuff or if it's more like the other end of the spectrum, like stuff that I don't need to think about. I'm not, I can't, I, I'm not positive. Interesting. But I have noticed that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we got something kind of exciting here. So that's maybe another thing. This isn't really a true episode where we're trying to help you learn about something, help me learn about something. Um, <laughs> Ooh, this is more like an announcement of something we got going on. Yeah. So Alex is getting old. Very much so. And he now qualifies by his age for an age group. Uh, well, I, it's called an age group qualifier um, for the CrossFit Games. Technically, he was in that this year, but did not intentionally trained to be a part of it um but we're gonna we're gonna see how fit we can get him for next year yeah i uh well there's many reasons i think wanted to but um just basically i was still following along with the the open did all the workouts at the gym 1031 fitness um, maybe we should, maybe we should like lay the groundwork because I'm sure not everybody who listens to this actually knows anything about the CrossFit games. Okay. Well, you're the level one certif- certified trainer. Well, so the CrossFit, so here's, here's a, here's a really good thing to point out and it right off the bat, especially as we're getting into this stuff. Um, there's, there's really two sides of CrossFit. There is, um, CrossFit proper, um, the fitness lifestyle methodology, whatever you want to call it, um, that has 14,000 gyms across the world, uh, who is currently main focus is fighting the rising tide of chronic disease basically that is that is crossfit proper the crossfit games is kind of a separate somewhat of a separate entity um and it is this competition seeking the fittest people on planet earth um 
there are very, very, very many things similar about the two. Um, but the CrossFit Games is a sport. And the 14,000 gyms across the world who have uh, the CrossFit name on their front door are not necessarily all focused, and I would say the majority of which are not focused on the sport of CrossFit. Right. So we are specifically right now talking about the sport of CrossFit. Yeah. And so the open, what Alex was just saying, this is this first, it's like the first round of qualification for the CrossFit Games, this big, big event, the, you know, it's think of it like the Olympics. You got to qualify for the Olympics. You got to do different things to prove yourself to be able to compete against the best in the world. Same idea. So step one is this worldwide open competition. Yep. So now jump back in. Yeah, I heard Greg Glassman, who's the CEO of CrossFit, say one time in a presentation he was doing is that they have far more, and he might even gave a specific number, far more gyms across the world that have had someone in their gym lose over 100 pounds than gyms send somebody to the CrossFit Games. So he was just trying to emphasize the, you know, what CrossFit is really about. Um, There is a sport side of it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we've seen this as a a good opportunity to kind of bring both, I guess, both of those worlds together. Right. Um, You know, we would favor the side of fighting chronic disease along with CrossFit proper, as you called it. Um, But... uh, I'm also very competitive, and you're also competitive, and we enjoy the sport part of it too. We've competed with each other multiple times, and the Open is also really, it's fun, and uh, it's community building, um, so it's also something that is a big part of, I guess, our experience with CrossFit too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So when I was doing the Open this year, I was, so I've done the Open since 2012. I've done it every year. So I guess that's six years of doing it. Um, the first year just kind of did it because everybody said, if you do CrossFit, this is what you do. Um, a friend of mine, Justin Dean was doing it. I was just kind of just getting into CrossFit, um, as far as doing it consistently. You, and you did it in 2012? You did the 2012 Open? I did. 12, um, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So this is this your seventh year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just did it and I was like, what the heck did I just do? The first workout, <laughs> the first workout was, uh, seven minutes of burpees. Oh, that's right. That was my first ever CrossFit Upward. So, yeah. What a joy. Yeah. And so I did it and um, then kind of actually left CrossFit for a while and then came back and I joined a month before the Open started again. So I was really back into CrossFit for like a month and then jumped into the Open again. So my first two Open experiences weren't great. Um, But they, you know, have gotten better. Um, I had one year where I was probably at my best with CrossFit and did the Open and it did pretty well. Um, which then always kind of gave me this, I guess, uh, I had this drive to try to really do better, you know, kind of challenge myself. Not that I was ever going to you know, qualify for regionals, which is the next step after the open or ever the games. But, um, I was just like, I can, you know, maybe try to get like top 200 in the region or something like that. Then they added the state and I was like, okay, now I can try to do like top 50 in the state. Turns out we have an unbelievably hard region where we're at, and even an unbelievably hard state. He didn't um, know. Uh, Iowa is unbelievable for CrossFit as far as how many people have, you know, even right here in the Quad Cities, we have a lot of good people. And 
Um, but then they added this master's division. Um, I guess last year was the first year that they added the 35 to 39 year old division. So they kind of came back. I was like, Hey man, maybe I could actually do something like that. Um, but then I realized how good those guys were. <laughs> so I was like, no way is that going to happen. Um, but then following along with the Open this year, kind of looking at the guys' scores and knowing that I was not at my best this year, um, I wasn't super far off. You know, I was kind of like I was talking to a guy um, over the weekend about it, and he was like, yeah, you're in striking distance. So I was like, hey, I'm, I am in striking distance. So who is that? That was Jake uh, oh. Ledvina from CrossFit 563. So... The other thing is I've never I've always just really done class classes, you know, from being at the gyms that I've been at the before and not being super competitive to going to the garage gym where we worked out together, um, you know, at a, in a friend's garage. Um, I was got more and more competitive to where now I've done a lot more competition, the local competition. So I would say probably the most competitive I've ever been, but I've never actually been competitive enough to work out a lot or mm-hmm. um, get a coach get specific help with all my weaknesses mm-hmm. i've said every year since 2014 i think that i'm going to get really good at toes to bar this year and i've yeah. never done it and i still continue to be terrible at toes to bar so those are the type of things that i'm again it would be great to qualify but just the work that's going to be put in to try to get there i think is also going to be huge just for when we're thinking kind of physically getting better at something setting a goal and going after it that's kind of the experience that i'm looking for yeah so uh, Alex sent me a message about this man it's this has been fairly quick work yeah. uh is it maybe probably two weeks ago was the first he said something about it, and I was like, all right, let's do it <laughs> <laughs> um so there's a couple a couple other guys at the gym who are gonna help out with this, and yeah, yeah we're gonna make a little experiment out of it how like you're you kind of said this a little bit already but mashing these two things together a super super competitive high 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 level sport can that level of performance be done while still um maintaining uh, this other aspect of life that is health. Yeah. And I think, honestly, if I were to just guess, I think the most challenging parts that are ahead for the next few months, uh, I don't think will be like anything related to eating or training or anything like that I think it's more so going to be is it possible to uh, essentially what we would say live a healthy lifestyle um, at home with your family with friends with community um, you know sleep all that kind of stuff I think all of that is going to be the real test yeah Yeah, because we're definitely not doing this to, again, willing to sacrifice any of those things so that I could try to qualify for something. We're going to see if, yeah, like you said, an experiment of could I actually get good enough? Could I be at at a level where I could qualify for something like this? 
but doing it in a way where I'm not sacrificing time with my family, time, you know, I was, I'm a business owner, um, time, I'm an elder at the church, um, which is pretty much a pastor at the church, for those of you guys that don't know what an elder is, um, and I, I have a community um, at church as well that I'm a leader of, so I have five children, um, there's a lot already going on in my life, um, so we're, and I mean, this obviously just seems like I'm adding something, but um, somewhat it is, but again, we're, I guess we're leaving it open to if we feel like this is um, sacrificing these other things, then, you know, it's not going to continue, but we're going to see yeah. if it can happen. So, some specifics. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, relative to the rest of the people that Alex is competing against, he's uh, a little on the, uh, not necessarily on the small side, but um, could get stronger. <laughs> so, yep. one of the first things... Uh, that I suggested was like, so this is the, this competition starts at the end of February, 2019. And I said, there's plenty of time, December, January, February to really ramp up. Cause that, that's it. That is primarily, um, kind of an endurance based, um, not even endurance, but like a, uh, capacity with what we would call metabolic conditioning. Um, the the high high intensity moving light weights fast and at a sustained pace like that type of training um and you can do you can kind of more quickly get back into that um within the last you know 8 to 12 weeks building strength is something that um it, it takes a long time thankfully it's the type of thing where takes a long time to build strength but it also takes a long time to lose strength um so like we were talking last week about marker of longevity it's like if if you put in a good amount of work to build some strength even if you just kind of maintain that for you know the last half of your life that work that you did to put in like it's gonna pay off um but it's, yeah, it takes a lot longer. So one of the first things is we talked to our buddy who, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you might be familiar with him, Mr. Austin Teal. Uh, he is a little more of a strength-biased athlete. And I guess you you were the one who had, you had your own conversation with him. I've talked to him as well. But, uh, what yeah, what did you guys talk about? Um. Uh. I just said I gave him some numbers as far as where I was at with specific lifts and said, this is where I want to get to from these numbers or what do I do? And he was like, just kind of asked me a few basic questions like how much time would I have and um, uh, how much time would I have like per day and how many times would I be doing it per day? And um, then he said he would program it out for me. So he's a super strong dude. If yeah. I could get anywhere near those numbers that I'm wanting, that would be great. Yeah, so don't mean to put words in your mouth, but he told me you said 75 minutes, four days a week yep. is what you could like call his to tell you what to do. Yeah, and s- which is literally 15 more minutes than I do now. Yeah, 
Yeah. I'll just be switching what I do. Right. And so you often work out more than four days a week. And yeah, yeah. So then during this time, for this, and this is super nerdy stuff. Some of you don't care about this, but um, one of the, like for the next six months or so, we're going to be focusing on kind of building up some weaknesses. So not necessarily calling Alex weak, but weaknesses in the sense of just like holes in uh, performance. And so there's this kind of big hole comparing him strength numbers wise. Um, and then some more just like higher skilled movement, just how to move uh, your body better Um Thankfully, I think those two things pair well together because the one is more like um, like motor patterns and not so much taxing on your um, body, but just learning how to move better with certain things. So I think those two things will pair nicely together. Yeah. I feel like we'll still probably. Maybe I could do a front flip at the end of this too. That's always That'd been be a nice. goal. I I had uh, Ryan um, Ryan Jensen tried to teach me how to do a backflip. At one point, we did like a single twenty-minute lesson while we were like grilling out at somebody's house one time. But <laughs> it didn't it didn't go any further than that. But yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> do the backflip, and then as soon as you hit the ground, flip right over again. You need to you need to get you to do some burpee backflips or something. <laughs> anyway, uh. Do you know your n- your numbers off the top of your head? I should. Well, maybe not. So like look the, the, we'll look at some of these. So I I took kind of like the bottom. Well, I I'll I'll fill this out a little more for us to get a better idea. But I took the bottom six people, uh, who had kind of stats listed online and averaged out some of their numbers. What's your five k time? Um, I think twenty one. Oh, twenty one. So the Average of these bottom ten is twenty twenty five. So maybe we can talk to Phil about that. Get you, yeah, some better endurance. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm not super worried about that. No, I've always. Every time I ran a five k, I've been by myself, and I run way better when I'm chasing somebody. Mm. Mm. So not necessarily by myself, but I've been a, in chase the lead. Him. No, I could never chase. <laughs> Um, okay, so some of these are going to be more applicable than others. But So there's this one, a lot of these workouts have names. You may not be familiar with these names, but there's this one workout that is 30 clean and jerks at 135 pounds. And the, uh, the, the goal is to do it as fast as you can. And the average of that is 138, 1 minute and 38 seconds. You know what your or grace time is? It's probably just over two the last time just I did it, two. which I haven't done in a long time. I think the last time I did it, it was at 155, and I did it in 240. Oh, I remember that. Yep. 245 or something I like remember that. that. So I probably could go sub two on that. It would suck. but Yeah, so I think probably we can probably in like January, December, January, after – getting back into metabolic conditioning for a little while, retest some of those and kind of see where you're at. And, and heck, at that point, testing some of these open workouts from, yeah. the, like, this year to compare times on that. Because the other thing is 
a lot of times what happens is there's uh like some this goes both two two different ways there's an event that is like this big strong heavy lifting event that gets the bigger dudes who can move tons of weight and gives them a phenomenal score because the placing is averages out over uh, five or six events moves them way up even though their other scores are not very competitive and conversely guys who can move fast and well uh, don't put up big lifts and just tank on something like that so it's also kind of a matter of what shows up in the workouts yeah so yeah let's uh unless i get a lot stronger let's hope there's not a lift <laughs> there will be some sort of lift not like a this will be something heavy not right. necessarily like a a your score is the amount of weight you lifted right that, that may or may not happen but right yeah so uh our plan to kind of document this journey um, is to put out a minimum of kind of one piece of content showing some of the stuff that's going on uh, at least one at least once a month so you know what working out is looking like what eating is looking like what sleep schedule looks like how heck have like a monthly check-in with Emily, see how much she's in love with you or frustrated with you, um, all that kind of stuff. And just try to give uh, as much of a behind-the-scenes look into what something like this would look like. Yeah. Um, that, however, is... This is good because this is on Facebook and people might see this on Facebook or might be listening on iTunes. That's probably primarily going to be a YouTube thing. Um, Just how, so I'm the guy with the camera and the microphones and stuff. Uh, Just how I plan to shoot that and put that together is going to be more suitable for a platform like YouTube. Um, so you're definitely going to want to hop on over there if this is something you, uh, would like to follow along with. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we would love it. Obviously if you followed along and we would love feedback, like, is this even interesting? <laughs> is it not interesting? What would you like to see? Cause again, we're, we're, yes, part of it is, can this happen? Can I live the a lifestyle that I want to live, but also just kind of have a f- hyper focus on getting better and perform and, and potentially qualify but also um you know we want to sh- we want to teach from it too you know i want to mm-hmm. say okay here's what i'm eating why you know yep. here's why i'm sleeping as much as i am here's yep. why i'm not going to the gym today because i feel like this is more important in my life right now in order to to have the balance that we want mm-hmm. um so all of those things you know are going to be part of it so yeah um when's the last time you weighed yourself uh, yesterday I was 180 pounds. 180? Did we average that out? Average is 191, and that's with there's a super low guy, 143. That that's with him in there. Dang. Well, the other guy's 235. Well, true, but I mean, yeah, 185, 190, 215. If I could get up to 185, 188, something like that, that'd be good. Put on some muscle. Um, so we teased it a little bit two weeks ago 
talking about this carnivorous diet. Do you think you're going to go all in on that? Just try to up your overall meat intake? Like, I think I'm for sure going to be eating less less vegetables and more meat mm-hmm. is what I'm going to try. Um, just because, you know, basic, mainly what we kind of teach and, and what I've, the people that I trust the most, they're always saying, you know, meat should just be a little bit of part of your meal and the rest mm-hmm. of it should be vegetables. I'm going to maybe do the opposite of that um, and see how that goes. Yeah, and the more, the deeper I am into this stuff and the more I'm kind of experiencing how I feel uh, when I'm working out and all this kind of stuff, like the type of training, the type of exercise that we do um, is very demanding uh, on your body and very demanding on like certain types of energy. And while I think always having fat as the majority of the, the, you know, the major macronutrient that you're eating is always going to be the best. I think like there's, there's, there's specific needs when it comes to high level performance. Um, and like, I'm, I'm excited to kind of dig deeper into what, where like where that line is yeah as a part of this yeah and it, with <clears throat> since i'm not gonna be like doing two days and different things like that like i don't think there's gonna be a requirement to really switch how i typically eat anyway you know i don't need to like super replenish my body with carbohydrates because i need to do another workout that same day or anything like that so but again this is an experiment if we feel like we need to switch things up to perform better then we will but as long as it's not um, working against my health. Yeah, I th- like we'll 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 definitely. I think we need to. We're due for an episode on like energy systems. Um, I I there's I think there's like a minimum. So this guy that we're talking about, who's been doing this all meat thing, like essentially his body's super good. We I think we said this already. His body's super good at converting protein into the essentially the sugar that his muscles are using for the performance that he's doing mm-hmm. like whether it's how he's doing that so lots of protein or whether it's like i feel like there's a minimum carbohydrate requirement i know and i was trying to think about that like is he just doing you know it's pretty much just power lifting but he does that row or i mean he does he's like a world record holder and 500 yeah. meter row and a yeah. thousand meter row so you would think that that would require to him to replenish his glycogen stores but I there's there's yeah there's something there because even so i've been this week i've been quite high fat very minimal carbohydrates and this morning i didn't work out after you left <laughs> I, I, st- I started the first round i'm just like i just feel just like flat yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, a lot of that comes from just how your body responds to it. You know, is there an adaptation that still needs to happen for you to actually be super good at 
using the fat for energy. Well, yeah. And I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Without testing and yep, knowing for positive, all I can do is be intuitive. Yes, sir. Cool. Anything else fun and exciting you've seen or heard this week? Um, I'm not shooting with my phone, so I can actually look on my phone and like refresh don't my memory. Don't think so. I mean, we are hoping to get that. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about the hormone, like uh, fertility stuff and pregnancy health and um, even what to do after baby's born health stuff. Um, had a couple questions from listeners about that and then also have a friend who is interested in talking about it, so we're hoping to get her on next week. Um, we mentioned that, I think, a couple of weeks ago, but it just hasn't worked out. Um, so we're hoping next Friday. also want to get uh, Jill, your wife, on to talk about toxicity stuff. Hopefully, eventually, my wife on to talk about her, Emily's wholesome treats. Um, Phil Young again on some running stuff. So, yeah, we have a lot coming up that... At least we have plan that we think you're interested in, but if there's other things that you guys are interested in. Yeah. Also, if you can't, I'm assuming you can hear that helicopter. I don't even see it anymore. Um, I got to recommend this guy. So his podcast is called High Intensity Health. Um, his name is Mike Mutzel. Yep. M-U-T-Z-E-L. He is metabolic underscore Mike on Instagram. This dude is just putting out great stuff, and his following is not nearly big enough for the amount of good work he's doing. <laughs> what is he not on YouTube? What oh, do I guess I don't know what his YouTube is. Oh, yeah, his YouTube's up there. Okay. I mean, he's almost well, probably 100,000 anyway. Yeah, could be bigger. Um, but one of the things that he did last week, talking about researching, how do you say it, centenarians? Is that right? People who are 100 years old, researching their lifestyle. Um, lots of common things with lifestyle. You should just go listen to it. Um, but we were just mentioning how s- s- strange things he saw as like like consistent things across many different regions and cultures. So for all the people, their diet consists of things that are grown locally. It looks different for the people. The macronutrient breakdown looks different based on what the climate is able to produce. You know, kind of going back to the whole, um, the insulin guy, the kidney guy, um, it's not necessarily like we don't have to be crazy dogmatic about the macronutrient breakdown. I think it's we've gotten to a place where it's super important and we need to be thinking about those things. But if things are functioning properly, there's a wide range of uh, you know macro breakdowns that promote health and longevity. Yeah. Um, and one of the super interesting things was that m- almost all of these peoples and cultures eat corn. <laughs> yes. 
strange. Very strange. And then other starchy foods. For some people, it was rice. Some people, it was bread. Like, he literally had people that were over 100 years old tell him that the reason that we're so old is because we eat a lot of bread. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if you talk to most health experts now, they would say gluten's poison, and they would say corn's poison. And, I mean, obviously, there's parts of it and stuff that's been done to it that's made it not the same food, most likely, that these people were eating, but... Like, they don't necessarily get to that part of it. They just say corn and bread is not bad. Tell me about white rice. I, I've i seen more and more people in the keto community speaking highly of white rice recently than, like, anybody speaking down on something like that. Huh. White, white rice specifically. Okay. Um, I mean, the main... Are you asking like why wouldn't it be brown rice? Uh, well, I think I understand that a little bit, but like, so here's what I do understand: it is what you would call a resistant starch, right? White rice. Yeah. Um, I've never really heard it be talked about as a resistant starch. Okay, so maybe I'm way off, but essentially what they're what I what I, I mean, gather feeds gut bacteria right. for so, sure. So that's what that's what I've been gathering from most people. It's like if you're going to be eating some sort of starchy or dense carbohydrate, white rice is something that is going to what do you, do you call it a prebiotic, like feeding feeding yeah. yep. bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like four different types of resistant starch. So um, maybe it's one of those four. That some of them are more beneficial than others. So I think the ones that are like well known as far as studied and even made supplements out of them are uh, more talked about than something like maybe a rice would be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as why it potentially could be better for you on as far as gut health than something like a brown rice is, it has less of the what they call anti nutrients, so yeah. less of the um, phytic acid, less of the lectins, um, the stuff that potentially is going to damage your gut. Um, so, yeah, that's why a lot of people in the kind of the health world that are more keto or paleo, if they're going to do a grain, they would do white rice as opposed to brown rice. Uh, is the the brown rice stuff, is that negated with the process of sprouting? Uh, some of it. Some of it you could sprout the rice and get rid of a lot of the anti-nutrients. Um, and then, obviously, if you have a healthy gut, then it's not going to bother you anyway. Either way, um, yeah. So I would do both, try to have a healthy gut and try to, because that's, I mean, that's going to have more fiber than the white rice. Um, I think you'd still, if you have a healthy gut and, and, uh, well, mainly that, if you have a healthy gut, then you'd probably be fine with both of them. Um, It's one of those things where, again, you can't really say that it's unhealthy because there's centenarians that primarily their diet was rice. Um, So it goes more of, you know, is it some is there hybridization that's happened with it is there you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of chemicals on it as opposed to the actual food itself so here's a question you go to chipotle you get white rice you get some black beans meat salsa and then you smother it in guacamole <laughs> what happens as far as energy goes when you are taking in that type of meal so, like dense carbohydrate lots of fat yeah so 
your body would break the starchiness down to glucose and it would either use it for energy if it needed for something or it would go into your glycogen stores in your muscle or your liver. Um, most likely because you've eaten something that has spiked insulin, you're not going to use that. You're going to store that fat that you've just eaten, the avocados. Um, so th that fat is going to go into um, either your bloodstream if there's insulin resistance or you're going to store that as, as fat most likely. Some of it most likely could be used for like you know repairing cell membranes, different things like that. But you're probably going to store that. So then what's... What's the difference between, um, how does that differ? Somebody who, so say we got two people. They eat that meal at 5 p.m. One person sat on the couch all day, not the couch, they were at work. They sat at their desk all day. Then they went and met a friend at Chipotle. They both got the same meal, what I described. Person number two picked up 500 pounds, sprinted, moved, all that kind of stuff earlier in the day. Uh -huh. Then they both have that meal. Person number two has more more musculature on their body. How, how does that energy differ for those two people? Well, the first person has nowhere to put it, so it's just going to get all stored um, for future use. The, the fat specifically, because no matter what, they're both going to utilize the fast carbohydrates first, no matter what. Right, but if they haven't necessarily done anything to require, basically the body's going to use the glycogen stores that are already there to use for any sort of energy requirements that are there. So then there would, of course, be some replacement of those, but um, you know, if they haven't created a need for those carbohydrates, then those are just going to get stored um, and yet, yes, the fat's going to get stored because what I just said, when you eat something that spikes insulin, and I'm assuming that person that you described first is already a little bit insulin resistant. They're not insulin sensitive. Yeah. So they're going to be, insulin's going to go up immediately when they eat a meal like that. So they're just going to be storing it. Fat and carbohydrates is the is the eating those two things together. Most people eat those things together in an unhealthy way, of course. You know, rice and avocados are both can be healthy foods, but if you're metabolically unhealthy and you're eating those two things together, that's not going to go well for you either. So now compared to person number two, if let, let's even throw in, dang, ants. <coughs> um, let's even throw in that they are like fairly metabolically flexible. They've probably been burning fat for most of that most of that day. They've created a need for these carbohydrates. This is this is me theorizing. They've created a need for those carbohydrates. They put them to more efficient use. Like would you still call that probably a bad idea or what? I mean, uh, I'll throw this on the table. I'm still going to do it because... Yeah, it tastes good. This is phenomenal. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think their body should be metabolically healthy enough to not only is that meal not going to spike insulin as much, so they still should have some fat, uh, some capability to oxidize fat. Uh -huh. So they're not going to necessarily store the fat that's in that meal, but also because they have more muscle than 
they're going to be able to take in those carbohydrates and even store it for future use in their muscle cells without insulin being required. So I think that that person would be able to to do well with that. Handle a meal like that? Yep. The more you know. Yep. Cool. Plus, there, I mean, of course, there's a, a satiety thing with it too. So mm. when you're mm-hmm. eating something like that, you should be more mm-hmm. um, satiated. Is that the word? I think so. Satisfied? Yeah. Um, which is, there's benefits to that too, you know? Yeah, right, right. Because then it's like, right, if, if, so for, for person number two, if eating that meal without the avocado causes you to finish the meal and still want to keep eating. Go get ice cream. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, you know. Have the avocado. Yeah. I've been I've been working with this person. Uh and yeah, one of the things is making sure she's eating enough fat in like her first meal of the day around noon, like to be satisfied yeah. throughout her afternoon. Yeah. Not not digging for that crash crash craving yep cool sweet uh yeah let us know what you think about all that stuff cool road to we did 42 minutes dude <laughs> i thought this is gonna be like 12 <laughs> time flies <laughs> it's great cool thanks guys catch you later adios